Welcome to the Sent from Disneyland podcast. Here age relives fond memories of the past. If it's your first time joining us, welcome. On this podcast, we'll take a journey into the past and explore Disneyland and Disneyland history with mementos, snapshots, and postcards sent from Disneyland from 1955 to the present. The postcards from this episode will be viewable on Instagram at Sent from Disneyland or on my website, sentfromdisneyland.com. Today, I'm starting off by thanking my patrons from patreon.com. You can join in and receive mail from my desk or from my trips to Disneyland. I'm currently working on some new patron benefits. Patrons can sign up for as little as a dollar per month. Special thanks to Random Olive, the first patron to this podcast, and to the e-ticket patrons to Nia, Eric Daniels, Monica Seats Vega, Joe Gamble, Scott Booker, Russ Romano, Michael and Christina Cross, Mary Henderson, and Sheila Harry. C-Ticket patrons, Serious Inquiries Only, Debbie Weinstein, Jennifer Schneep, Ruby McDowell, Grace Cote, Scott Cagle, Ben and Noel Bruning, and Patty Wollin. B-Ticket patron, the Disney Rewind Podcast, and to the A-Ticket patrons, Elise Sharp, Zealot Infinity, Alexis Robles, Maggie and Henry Byers, Angelique and the Block, and the All Aboard Podcast. I am your host, your post-host, Clocky, and today we have two postcards sent from Disneyland. The front of our first postcard has the E.P. Ripley train at Main Street Station. You can see the engineer waving from the window and a line of passenger cars. On the back it reads, This Santa Fe and Disneyland passenger train circles Disneyland to give passengers a bird's eye view of each land. It's postmarked June 26, 1957 with the Buena Park cancel and a two-cent red Jefferson postage stamp, Scott number 1033. I assume they visit the park on Tuesday, June 25th when park hours were from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. The weather was a high of 83 and a low of 64. Park attendance that day was 24,214. It's addressed to a Mr. and Mrs. Ben Hoffman of Buena Vista, Virginia. It reads, Hi folks, trust you're now moved in and enjoying your new home life in Virginia. Our trip is most interesting and loads of fun. The Wilsons. Looking through the book The Nickel Tour, there's an amazing section on Holiday Land. Holiday Land appears on different concept maps for Disneyland. Originally, it was supposed to be placed next to Tomorrowland and Main Street USA, but ended up opening near Frontierland and where New Orleans Square and the Haunted Mansion and the Pirates of the Caribbean show building are today. Once Disneyland opened in 1955, new ideas for Holiday Land began to be thrown around. One concept was to have it look like a rural American town or fairgrounds that might be adjacent to a main street like city center. There would have been barns, livestock, farmhouses, picnic areas, a baseball diamond, a bandstand, and a circus tent. The name was changed to Recreation Land, then Recreation Park, then back to Holiday Land when it finally opened in June of 1957. Holiday Land was sparse, with a few trees, some playgrounds, picnic tables, a baseball diamond, and a large striped circus tent. It was built to attract large corporate events and family reunions. This was Disneyland's offering for group sales. Guests would be able to utilize the area for their reunion or corporate picnic, and they would be able to see the Disneyland Railroad or even the Mark Twain go by. If you rented the area, which could hold up to 7,000 people, you would get full use of the picnic tables, circus tent, baseball field, and you could add the lunch option, which was catered by the Red Wagon Inn from inside the park. If you had enough people, the Mouseketeers would arrive and perform in the circus tent. If you had less people, there would be a bingo game during your day. One main issue in the early days of Holiday Land was the price of admission to Disneyland was not included. What was included with the food from the Red Wagon Inn was beer. Since this was outside the Disneyland berm, beer was served in Holiday Land. Another issue with the land was a lack of restrooms, which was temporarily solved during its first year by adding porta potties. 
This temporary fix received a more permanent solution. Another fix, which happened during Holiday Land's second year, was the addition of the ticket to the purchase or rental agreement of the land. This raised the price to use Holiday Land and was one of the factors which limited the land's use. Holiday Land did not have lighting sufficient for the area to be used at night, and most company picnics would only happen on the weekends. During off-peak season, Holiday Land was incredibly underused. Someone else recently received their postcard from my last trip to Disneyland and posted how much they enjoyed the Walt Disney stamp used on their postcard. The 1968 Walt Disney stamp is the first stamp I purchased from Enfield Post. You can head over to EnfieldPost.com and explore all the different vintage stamps you can use on your next card or letter. That's E-N-F-I-E-L-D-P-O-S-T on Instagram and EnfieldPost.com for your wedding and vintage postage needs. Enfield Post is the official postage stamp sponsor of the Sent from Disneyland podcast. The front of our next postcard has Sleeping Beauty Castle. In the background, you can see Matterhorn Mountain and guests walking across a drawbridge. If you look closely, you can see two white swans in the moat. On the back, it reads, Sleeping Beauty's Enchanted Castle stands guard over the entrance to Fantasyland, sharing the skyline with Disneyland Matterhorn. It's postmarked July 18, 1961, with an Anaheim cancel and a four-cent purple Lincoln postage stamp, Scott number 1036. I assume they visit the park on Monday, July 17th, Disneyland's sixth anniversary, when park hours were from 9 a.m. to midnight. The weather was a high of 83 and a low of 63. Park attendance that day was 25,590. It's addressed to Mrs. Kimberly Farley of Lincoln, Nebraska. It reads, Disneyland, USA, 7-17-61. Dear Kim, wish you were with us this afternoon. Lots of fun. We'll see you this weekend. Love, Grandpa. Some of the more fun activities that you could do in Holidayland included volleyball, square dancing, horseshoes, tug-of-war, pie-eating contests, and potato sack races. Eventually, guests of Holidayland did have an opportunity to use the Holidayland gate into Disneyland. This entrance allowed guests to enter over the berm and the Disneyland railroad tracks and into Frontierland. It is odd to think the safety protocols which would have to be in place for something like that to happen today. One union event held at Holidayland became too rowdy after guests had too much of the beer available to the union members. The following day, beer was no longer a feature of the land. Holidayland closed in 1961, after four years of use. The Santa Ana winds were too strong for the circus tent, and the cost of the upkeep was too expensive, and the land was underattended. This area was used later on for Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion. Looking at the aerial view of the land, the Haunted Mansion show building is right where the circus tent was, and the Pirates show building is near where the baseball field had been. The Holiday Gate, which became an entrance for cast members entering the west side of the park, was finally removed when construction began on Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. As far as I know, there are no references to this extinct land in those areas. This incoming postcard is sponsored by the Art Throwdown. Art Throwdown, or ATD, is an online craft hour on Instagram, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific. Be sure to check out Monday's ATD, which is usually hosted by a paper artist, Russ Romano. I see many amazing art projects, learned about awesome postmarks, postage stamp history, and a lot more on different episodes. It's great to stop in for an hour to watch someone craft or design something unique. Each host brings something a little different to each show. I'll list some of the regular hosts, or you can follow Russ Romano 2021 on Instagram. The front of our incoming postcard has Duffy the bear in a sailboat. You can see the waves and two fish under the water. In the background, you can see the Alani Hotel, some rocks, and some large palm trees. 
It's postmarked June 21st, 2022 from Honolulu, Hawaii, and an Elkhorn Coral Forever postcard postage stamp, Scott number 5369. It reads, Aloha from Alani, soaking up all the Hawaiian sunshine on our beach vacation at the most magical place on earth. Wish you were here, the Kegels. Plus is a signature of the world's number one duck, Donald Duck. Thank you so much for the postcard. This postcard is from Scott, aka Disneyland Nurse, and his family. I really enjoyed seeing all of his adventures at the Alani Resort, including running into Donald and some other fun characters. I really enjoy these postcards made from Hawaiian koa trees. Each postcard is made from two pieces of veneer from the tree. Each piece is one two hundredths of an inch thick. Thanks for listening to Sent from Disneyland. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and tell your friends. It would be awesome to share your favorite episode. There are over 100 episodes to choose from. It would also help to leave a five-star rating and comment on whatever podcast platform you use. If you'd like to support the show financially, please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash sentfromdisneyland. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at sentfromdisneyland or on Twitter at sentfromdisney. For questions and comments, send me a postcard addressed to sent from Disneyland, P.O. Box 44, Hood, California, 95639. This podcast is not affiliated with Disney, the United States Postal Service, or any post office or Disney properties. Opinions expressed on this podcast belong to its host and guest of the Sent from Disneyland podcast. 